Chapter 35 At precisely noon, while the ladies were huddled on deck braiding hemp for rope, Percival bolted from the captain's quarters, waving the forged suicide note in his hand as the crew gathered around him, shouting, Something has happened to the captain! His quarters are a mess, and there's drops of blood on the floor! I found this here note. Is it a ransom? I knew there was something wrong with him when I spoke to him this morning. The bosun grabbed the suicide note from his hand, peering speculatively down at it before shaking his head. This is chicken scratch. Damn's no words. Marcy glared at the Duchess, hissing under her breath. I thought you said you could write. The Duchess shrugged noncommittally. I didn't know anyone would try and read it. Percival stopped ranting, shifting his eyes to Marcy. You! Then pointed to Aaron. And you! Sailors to his right and left grabbed Aaron and pushed him forward. Pulling Marcy from the group of startled women, Percival dug his fingers into her upper arm, demanding, I know twas you two cunts. You were up here last night, giggling and spanking. What did you do to the captain? Nothing, Marcy lied. No thing. Aaron repeated uneasily. Percival stared at them before shifting his gaze to the rest of the crew, ordering curtly, String them up. They's lying. Shouldn't we have a trial or the like? The bosun intervened again. A mute indentured they'd been calling Silent Amy, and Lizzie began to cry. Millicent snickered. Tie them up. They did something to the captain. I know it, Percival asserted with a stomp. Aaron fought as he was dragged to the mizzenmast. Who can make me a noose? Percival shouted. Every man in the crew, including Aaron, raised their hands. As the crew stood with hands in the air, a great cannonball whizzed overhead, shearing the center mast in two. The mast tottered before it crashed down like a chopped tree across the deck, the topsail plunging into the sea as the ship rocked precariously back and forth, riggings and spars tangling with the jibs and pulleys. Women screaming as they scattered in every direction to flee the falling debris. Genevieve ignored the calamity, racing to the starboard railing, her arms waving as she shouted, Frankie! Frankie! Pirates! screamed the sailors as the dreaded Jolly Roger was hoisted on the monstrous ship, bearing down on them from the starboard side. Per the captain's bizarre series of orders earlier that day, the crew had ignored the obvious threat and allowed the pirates to float right up to them, having been told they were to welcome the French sailors to tea. Sardine sandwiches had already been prepared. The pirate ship's gun ports slowly slid open and ten massive cannons poked their snouts out, all aimed squarely at the merchant ship. A vision in gold and black silks and lace waved his plumed hat from the pirate's deck, calling passionately, Janie, I've come to rescue you, my sweet. Percival untangled himself from beneath a fallen sail and bungled to his feet, spying Marcy being helped to her knees by Aaron, both bloody from the falling debris. He lunged towards the pair, shouting and panting, Murderess, you killed the captain. I'll hang you myself. I am the captain reborn, came an imperious booming voice behind Percival. There, pulling himself upright from his crouched position at the railing, his saggy, nude body sunburned and glistening with salt spray, his white hair, 
normally pulled into a regal colonial pony, loose, tangled, and flowing past his shoulders, was the captain. Reborn, apparently. He wandered into the chaos as if sleepwalking, oblivious to his surroundings, confidently stating his rank as he strode through the melee, announcing, I am the Captain Reborn. In the quiet peace of pre-dawn, Captain Maddox had awoken with a start as his body slammed into the wooden seat of the small bobbing dinghy, trailing the ship, pulling nets for their morning fish. Delirious from his head wound, he'd lay in the stinking hole of the dinghy, half full of bilge water, dreaming of his four bubble-headed daughters in Tidewater, Virginia, and his pious, square-jawed wife. Feverish, he'd had visions of beautiful feet slapping him about, kicking his face and shoulders. Then he heard the voice of God, who spoke through Percival. God called him a cunt and shouted for a noose as punishment for his unchecked perversions. Then God screamed, Pirates! with an urgency that shook the captain slightly from his delusions, after which he'd pulled his wobbly frame to a standing position, took hold of the rope tying the dinghy to the ship, and began his slow ascent to the deck as if scaling a mountain. Grappling hooks latched onto the sides of the merchant ship. The crew, divided by the attack, confused by conflicting orders, presented a feeble defense against the bewigged pirates leaping cheerfully aboard their floundering ship. The struggle lasted all of three minutes, consisted of four poorly thrown punches, and resulted in a mass surrender of the frightened merchant crew who realized too late that their swords had been thrown overboard by Genevieve. Heedless of the ensuing attack, Percival grabbed a length of rope and lunged at Marcy, forcing her to the ground where he struggled to wrap the rope around her neck. Marcy heard a bellow and the hoarse wail of a lowing cow as Una, scratched and stitched, came barreling from the hatch, throwing her significant weight across Percival, knocking him from his position atop Marcy to the deck on his back, where he lay, stunned, his hands up in surrender, as the blonde Norse woman panted over him, a bald fist on her knee, before turning and windmilling her other fist squarely into the wandering captain's nose. Ooh, exclaimed the Duchess as if Una were late for tea. There you are, dear. With a merry oh-ho, Pirate Frank leapt onto the deck. His long brown hair was pulled into a knot at his nape, his elegant clothing immaculate and shiny. Jenny ran and threw herself into his arms. Ma chère, he fondly stroked her hair before stepping back and bowing deeply to the group. I am Francois Dominique. Please, ladies, allow me to escort you from this nightmare, and we will have you back to your loving families before you know it. The women sighed, gazing upon the romantic vision of this captivating French pirate. Not noticing the small negative shake of his head he gave to his confused crew during this exchange. Allow my men to transfer you to my ship. I believe you will be most comfortable while we relieve this ship of its valuable cargo. Who is the Capitan? I am the Captain Reborn. The Captain mumbled from his prone position on deck while Percival pointed to himself. Francois snapped his fingers and the Captain was tied to the deck rails along with the rest of his crew who were challenged to extricate themselves from their bonds and flounder to the nearest port with only a mizzenmast and a few working sails, if they could. He then took Genevieve's hand, 
gallantly escorting her to the rope bridge strung between ships, ordering his crew. Voila, gentillon, if you would proceed. Ladies, follow me. Genevieve whispered something into Francois's ear and he turned, snapping his fingers and adding, and bring the big Moroccan with you. But they're pirates. Marcy heard Lizzie wail as they crossed, with Kit responding. Well now, I guess that makes us pirates too. Exciting. Oh, Britannia, ma jolie Bretagne, je te dédie cette petite chanson. T'es bien monté comme une chaîne de montagne, t'es bien roulé comme une galette au jambon.